You are listening to Episode 4 of Teacher Approved. You're listening to Teacher Approved, the podcast helping educators elevate what matters and simplify the rest. I'm Heidi. And I'm Emily. We're the creators behind Second Story Window, where we give research-based and teacher-approved strategies that make teaching less stressful and more effective. You can check out the show notes and resources from each episode at secondstorywindow.net. We're so glad you're tuning in today. Let's get to the show. Hey there, welcome back. We are so excited you are joining us today. In today's episode, we'll be discussing how to bounce back after a school break and sharing a teacher-approved tip for helping with students' attention spans. To celebrate the launch of Teacher Approved, we're having a giveaway. Three teachers will win a $100 gift card to Teachers Pay Teachers. To enter the giveaway, follow the podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. Screenshot your favorite launch episode, episodes one, two, or three. You can share it on Instagram and tag us at at second story window. That's with a two. Or you can share it anywhere you like. Even a text to your teacher bestie will count as an entry. After you share, send us your screenshots on Instagram or email us at hello at secondstorywindow.net. For a bonus entry, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Screenshot it and send it to us in a DM on Instagram or by email. Giveaway ends April 4th, 2022. We're going to be starting our episodes with a question of the day, just like we used to do at morning meeting in our classrooms. This week's morning message is, how would you like to spend a break from school, traveling or relaxing? So Emily, what do you think? Oh, for sure, relaxing. I want to totally (laughs) just veg and watch movies and read books and be lazy. 100%. Totally get that. But in my my early days, my younger years. Your previous life. Yes. <laughs> I used to use spring break for like my big trip for the year. And that was awesome because things aren't as crowded in April and the weather pretty much everywhere is beautiful in April. But then you come back from Egypt and you're exhausted for the rest of the school year. There's no that like the bummer straight back time. into school. Yeah. So now I think I'm too old to be able to pull that off. It's true. <laughs> we did San Francisco we over did. spring that break. That was so and- fun. 2009. 2008? <laughs> oh my gosh. One year I did a road trip to Forks, Washington or something. Oh, that, you things can guess you the do, date of that. Things you do in the <laughs> mid 2000s. <laughs> and did you find Edward? Uh, we did not. <laughs> we found Carlisle's parking spot though. That was something. <laughs> so maybe you love to travel over spring break, but if you want to just have a staycation, we don't blame you we for that either. We support that fully. <laughs> And we'd love to hear your thoughts on this question. So you can find us on Instagram at Second Story Window, and that is with a two. At the time that this episode is going out, a lot of you are going to be just coming back to school from spring break. Gosh, that can just be so rough. It can be real rough. And any transition, really, after a break can be difficult. So today we're going to talk about some of the things that you can do to make that transition easier and to make sure that you're ending the year on a high note. So the first thing that can make getting back into your routines easier is to sharpen your procedures. Things have likely started to get a little lax this time of year. You know, once the teacher's letting stuff slide, then a lot of more stuff starts to slide. And no one can blame you because we're all tired this time of year. But it is worth revisiting your procedures, maybe even making it more of a like a formal revisit 
so that students know that your expectations have not started to get lax, even if their following of those expectations has. Right. And with the importance of procedures, spending some time a couple times throughout the year to really refocus on them will lay the groundwork for all the other issues you might be dealing with in your class. Absolutely. So what else have we got, Emily? So the next thing is to clear the clutter. Mid-year, you're likely finding a lot of clutter in your classroom, (laughs) both physical and non-physical clutter. Hopefully sharpening your procedures will help with some of the non-physical clutter. But you also need to work on clearing some of that physical clutter, and you will probably feel a lot lighter when you do. So get rid of that faculty meeting agenda from three months ago that's still sitting on your desk, or look for all the dried-out glue sticks and toss those out. Find a pile on your guided reading table and sort through it. Clearing the clutter will freshen up your space and help you feel more refreshed. Another way to freshen up your space is to tweak your seating arrangement. And you may have a schedule for how often you do that already, but in the spring, you might find that you need to do it more often than you have been doing it. Because the kids are just so comfortable with each other by mid-year. And after a break is the perfect time to mix that up so that they're not getting too comfortable and feeling chatty chatty or (laughs) causing other problems. So this is one of the reasons why if you have desks instead of tables, it's a little bit nice because you can do different variations than you have before. I kind of tended to stick to the tables, the table arrangements of the desks, but there's so many different ways you can arrange a desk like in a giant L or a U shape or... I really like the like double E, I guess one would be a three. Uh, So you had like a little group of three and some down the side. It just seemed to spread them out as much as possible, but without having every desk individual. That seemed to work really well for this time of year. Normally I'd have them in like tables of four or five, but come April, May, June, you got to do what you got to do. Right. Absolutely. And so you just need to plan for the rest of the school year. You're going to keep changing that up maybe weekly instead of how often you normally do. So what's next, Heidi? If you're coming back after a break in the spring, this is the time you're going to want to start working in some test prep, everyone's favorite. So start thinking about how you're going to make this a part of your day. Are you going to schedule a specific time for review games? Are you going to instead just keep your regular schedule and sprinkle in small review opportunities throughout the day? Or do you want to go big and have great big formal review times? There's no right or wrong. It's just what fits what your kids need, what you need, what the expectations are that you maybe have no control over. And we're going to talk more about this in the next episode. But we just wanted you to start thinking about what you can be doing with test prep. And another advantage of mixing things up, maybe to work in some test prep, is that it helps adapt your daily schedule for shorter attention spans once it warms up. You know, kids are starting to check out. Bless them. Who can blame them? Who wants to be in a class on a spring day? So make a plan for how you're going to adapt for those shorter attention spans. Can you work in more movement? Can you add in more music and art? Do you need to make your lesson shorter? Can you add in more brain breaks? Mixing it up is really going to give you a lot of bang for the buck in just keeping the kids engaged and on task. Absolutely. So next, you can try focusing on building your classroom community. Now, part of what makes the spring challenging is that the kids have been together so long that their behavior (laughs) starts to get lax. And you know exactly what we're talking about. 
But the flip side of that is that being together so long means that your class has really built a classroom identity and you can lean into that in the spring to your advantage. So think about what can you do with your classroom community to freshen up the feel of your classroom at this time of year? Do you want to start a kindness jar or maybe do a behavior challenge? Maybe you could buddy up with another class and learn from each other. Do some kind of service project together would be really fun. So that's just one way, well, a few ways that you could help build your classroom community. But anything you do to focus on your community is going to have residual benefits in everything else you're doing in the spring. And along those lines of getting ready to finish the year strong, this point in the year, if you're in the spring when you're listening to this, is a great time to set goals for the end of the year. You're probably getting close to completing the majority of your curriculum about this time, but you don't want kids to give up on their learning, right? So look for an opportunity to celebrate their growth and then set some final push goals for the end of the year. And that would be a good time to set a class goal, but the students could also have an opportunity to set personal goals that they want to achieve by the end of the year. And what's our last one, Heidi? Well, I think maybe this is the most important because... (laughs) It keeps you from burning out yourself, and it's to find something to be excited about. The last couple months of school can feel like a whole year, mm-hmm. and they can be such a challenge to get through. So one way to help brighten up those weeks is to find something to be excited about. And what is exciting for me may not be exciting for you, Emily, or any other teacher out there. So think about what filled your bucket as a teacher, and then just lean into that. If it's planning for a big theme day and a big classroom overhaul, go for it. Or if it's reorganizing a cupboard, do that. If you want to make sure you have time to read a favorite book to your students, schedule it in. Remember what it is that you love about teaching and then find a way to make sure that that happens during this time of the school year so that you're going to want to come back again at the next year. Absolutely. You want to remember why you became a teacher in the first place in the months when sometimes it might be hard to remember. Absolutely. So to recap, when you're coming back from a break, some ways to freshen up your classroom are to, number one, sharpen your procedures, two, clear the clutter, three, tweak your seating arrangements, four, build in your test prep, five, plan for shorter attention spans, bless their hearts, six, Focus on building classroom community. Seven, set goals for the end of the year. And number eight, and our favorite, is to find something to be excited about. We hope these ideas will help you recover and thrive after spring break, or really any break. Now let's talk about this week's teacher-approved tip. Each week, we're going to leave you with a small, actionable tip that you can apply in your classroom today. This week's teacher-approved tip is try attention span training with your students. Heidi, tell us what that means. So this was something I stumbled on one year out of desperation because I had this class busting that were just, you know, like puppy dogs, just puppy dogs in a park full of squirrels, just no attention. And so I don't even know where I came across this idea, but the idea is to help build their attention spans by giving them a focal point. So I would start by drawing like a large circle on the board. And tell them that, you know, they had to focus on that. And I'd step to the side so I could kind of see where their heads were looking. And then I'd start a timer. And then the second anyone looked away, we would just write that time down for the day. So, you know, maybe at first it was like three or four seconds because it was. And then we would slowly build up and then they could see the increase in time. And so they were motivated to try harder. And then I would, you know, try and make it more of a game. So I would 
shrink the size down from, you know, a basketball size circle that they're focused on to maybe like a quarter size circle. And then maybe I'd be off to the side and be like, oh, your mom's here, you know, like silly little distractions. (laughs) And they thought that was hilarious. Or you could pick a different focal point that wasn't always straight on the board. It could be like, okay, we're all going to focus on this corner tile in the ceiling or the doorknob or just mix it up a little bit. But they've got very invested in improving their time. And I really do think it helped get through those last few months of the school year when they're just everyone's so squirrely that it gave them some tools to like exercise that focus muscle a little bit. Right. And we need them to be able to focus to get through the end of the year and not lose out on learning because they can't focus. But also, let's be honest, the end of your testing that you are probably oh, yes. required to do requires a strong degree of attention as well. So we're helping them be strong, their attention spans be strong enough to handle the challenge of testing that will be coming up as well. Yeah, giving them some tools to cope instead of just throwing them in the deep end. To wrap up the show, we're going to share what we're giving extra credit to this week. Heidi, what are you giving extra credit to? So I just read the book, Mad and Bad, Real Heroines of the Regency by B. Koch. And it was just such an entertaining read. I don't always read a ton of nonfiction, but this was just so lively and engaging that I couldn't put it down. If you are at all interested in the Regency era, and I feel like we're in a Regency moment, we've got Sanditon coming back and Bridgerton starting up again. So it just felt like a good moment to dive in. And it gave me such a perspective on women living at the turn of the 19th century and a view into their lives in their own words that maybe you don't get from, you know, Regency romance. So one woman that I want to spotlight was Jane Marset. And she was always really curious and learning about her world. And she went to a lecture on chemistry and realized that it was something that young people should have access to that knowledge. And so she went home and she wrote a book that broke down the basics of chemistry in a way that children could understand. And she, but she formulated it in a way that it was discussion between a governess and her two young charges. And like one of the charges kind of mischievous and curious and the way that they're learning about it. And it was in such a unique way for the time. And it affected so many people later. And we know this because they would reference it in their writings and things going forward. And Michael Faraday was impacted. And he talked about how that had such an impact on who he became in his discoveries. So it's kind of the way we might think of like Bill Nye, the science guy. Jane Marset was the Bill Nye of the 1800s. And it was <laughs> so fascinating to read about. I had no idea. So go teacher Jane Marset. That's exciting. I'm going to add that to my to read list. Yes, you should. It's, it's quick and very entertaining. And what about you, Emily? What's your extra credit this week? So I'm giving extra credit to my son, Neil's teacher, Aww. Mrs. Smith. So a few weeks ago, we got hit with the stomach bug and my kids missed (laughs) several days of school. And during those days, my son's class changed seats. I don't know if they do it every Friday. I think they do it every two weeks. And it fell on that Friday that he missed. And so the following week when we had conferences, his teacher brought it up to him and said, hey, I noticed that when you arrived back to school after you'd been sick, that when you walked in and you saw your new seat your face looked a little bit disappointed. So how are you feeling about your seating spot? And I so appreciated knowing that his teacher is paying attention to how my son is feeling at school. And he was upset. There was a reason he was upset with the seat where he ended up with. And 
She was so kind to him about it. She validated what he was feeling and she gave him the option to have a new seat or asked if he was willing to wait out until the next seat change in that spot, which I encouraged him to do. He really was ready to be like, no, no, give me a new seat. But I talked him through it and he was like, okay, I can do it. I can, I can take that challenge. It was only like another week at that point. But I just so appreciate a teacher who's paying attention to all the needs of her students. And we know how hard that can be even outside of just the academic needs. So extra credit to Mrs. Smith. (laughs) We love her. That's it for today's episode. Try out some of our tips to help you bounce back after spring break or any other school break. And try today's teacher-approved tip to build your students' attention spans. We can't wait to hear about your ideal school break. Thank you for listening. If you like this episode, please leave us a rating and review in your podcast app. Reviews are so helpful for podcasters. We'll see you next week. Bye! We hope you enjoyed this episode of Teacher Approved. I'm Heidi. And I'm Emily. Thank you for listening. Be sure to follow or subscribe in your podcast app so that you never miss an episode. You can connect with us and other teachers in the Teacher Approved Facebook group. We'll see you here next week. Bye for now. Bye.